standoff between special prosecutor and former secretary to the Interministerial Committee Against Illegal Mining rages on, with the OSP declaring it does not need a warrant to arrest anybody on the day Charles Bissu secured a court order restraining the OSP from enforcing an arrest warrant. Plus, the NDC minorities campaign to pile pressure on the special prosecutor to arrest more individuals named in the Professor Frimpong Boating Galamse report. We tell you what happened when Professor Frimpong Boating met Gabi Asariotre Dako, who has sued the former environment minister for defamation. It was a meeting with some, some elders, uh, the two of us were there. This is a yeah, more or less private meeting and we discussed things of mutual interest. Story is always brought to you by Vodafone. It has become a full-blown standoff between the office of the special prosecutor and Charles Bissu, a former secretary to the Interministerial Committee Against Illegal Mining, and his team of lawyers. Today, they secured a court order restraining the special prosecutor from executing an arrest warrant. Well, the office of the special prosecutor has reacted, declaring it does not need a warrant to arrest any person it suspects to have committed a corruption offence. This declaration comes in the wake of the High Court restraining the office from executing that arrest warrant it had secured to apprehend Mr. Bissou. The OSP has for more than two weeks been trying to interrogate Mr. Bissou for his role on the anti-Galamse committee. In fact, in the last few minutes, the office of the special prosecutor has confirmed Mr. Bissou is still a wanted man. Legal Affairs Correspondent Joseph Akable just received an official copy of the court order secured by lawyers of Mr. Bissou and joins us right now via Zoom. Uh, Joseph, what does this order say? And so, Evans, I'm reading the order is signed by Justice Nicholas M.C. Abudakbi, Justice of the High Court, and it's in the case of Charles Bissou versus Office of Special Prosecutor Kanishi, and Kanishi District Court. It reads, Order for interim injunction upon reading the affidavit of Eric Esaulate of number nine Wawa Drive, North Joloakra. The applicant hearing filed on 14th day of June 2023 in support of an application into bracket motion on ex parte for an order for interim injunction hearing. And upon hearing the submissions of Nana J. Bafo Ewa, counsel for and on behalf of the applicant hearing. It is hereby ordered that the first respondent, its agents, assigns, and or persons, whoever so described and claiming through it to be, are restrained from executing the arrest warrant is procured from the second respondent against the applicant. Applying for further arrest warrants against the applicant, publishing notices reporting the applicants to be wanted pending the determination of the application 
for the enforcement of fundamental human rights. It is further ordered that this order shall last for 10 days, given under my hand and the seal of the High Court of Justice Accra, this 15th day of June 2023, signed Kwame Daniels, who is the Registrar of the Court. This is far-reaching. Um, stopping the OSP from applying for further arrest warrants against the applicant. Publishing notices purporting uh, the applicant to be wanted. If you check the OSP website as we speak, that notice is still there. The OSP confirms to us just a short while ago that he is still wanted. I will try and get clarity of what, what this means in the wake of this particular you know, order of the court. Also, pending the determination of the application for the enforcement of fundamental human rights. Now, that is a substantive matter. What really were the concerns that lawyers of child abuse placed before the court that convinced it to issue this order? In fact, very similar arguments to what they've advanced in the last a couple of weeks, making the point that as far as they are concerned, they do not have the petition that gave rise to the investigation that is being carried out by the Office of the Special Prosecutor. They also make the point that in the last couple of weeks, they have also been engaging the Office of the Special Prosecutor and simply had a disagreement on the specific date as to when he's supposed to show up for the office to engage him on the claims and the role when he served under the IMCIM. So they make the point that as far as they were concerned, the subsequent publication of him as a wanted person and the securing of this arrest warrant, which they say they believe had been secured from the Kanishi District Court, was contrary to law and breach of due process and amounted to a breach of his rights. And so they asked the courts to, as a result, restrain the OSP, and the court has agreed with that particular argument, Evans. You've been checking uh, with Mr. Bishu's legal team. What's the understanding of the way forward? As far as they are concerned, in fact, their position, even before they secured this particular order, was that because of the pending process they had filed, they did not expect uh, the Charles Bishop to show up at the Office of the Special Prosecutor. That position has not changed. They believe that this order goes a step further to put all things on hold, at least for the next 10 days. And the expectation is that the OSP will desist from attempting to arrest him or looking out for him, and they do not expect that he should be showing up at the Office of the Special Prosecutor as well. See, but in the interim, we know that today the Office of the Special Prosecutor, shortly after this uh, court order, they issued a notice. And the notice was very emphatic that they really do not require the warrant to make an arrest. Yes, it's a notice that the OSP uh, put out on its uh, Twitter feed and a couple of its other handles as well. And it reads, public notice, the general public is advised that in the exercise of its police powers, the officer special prosecutor can arrest without a warrant any person is reasonably suspects of having committed corruption or corruption-related offenses. And that this post was put out uh, just minutes after uh, that order had gone and virtually been broken on the, the, the news, all the news uh, portals across the country. Uh, thank you very much. Joseph Akable, I want to bring in lawyer Bobby Bansing on the latest development on the on the back of the court order uh, that is restraining the special prosecutor um, doing a host of things, really, including even applying for further arrest warrants. I want to bring him in right now. Mr. Bansing, thanks for your time here on Top Story. Thanks for thanks for having me, Evans, and good evening to your listeners. And I read this order uh, from, from the court. It's pretty 
wide-ranging and far-reaching, uh, including it restrains the special prosecutor from executing the arrest warrant they procured against Charles Bissu, uh, also restrains him from applying for further arrest warrants against him, publishing notices purporting the applicant to be wanted. What's your understanding of this particular order in relation to what we know the special prosecutor has already done, including the notice, the wanted notice, which is still up on this website? Well, Evans, um, I, have, I have looked at the application as party that was filed uh, based on which the order, the interim order was made by the court. To be frank, I do not see how that order or this order, as I, I, a copy of which I, I, I got from your producer, prevents the special prosecutor from doing his work or carrying out his mandate under their its enabling act. Because the wording of the order is very specific. It says there clearly, it is hereby ordered that the special prosecutor, or that, that is the first respondent, its agent assigns and those claiming through it are restrained from executing the arrest warrant it procured from the second respondent. Now, even throughout, so the, the case of the applicant is that it has procured, uh, no, the case of Mr. Bishu is that the special prosecutor procured an arrest warrant from the Kanesi District Court, right? And so it is going to court, or he is going to court, for an order to restrain the special prosecutor from putting into effect that arrest warrant. However, I was expecting that this so-called arrest warrant would have been exhibited to the affidavit in support to the party application. Because that is the basis of the application. I did not see it. I did not see it. And maybe I am wrong. If it's there, I stand to be corrected. They did not make reference to the alleged arrest warrant, which they claim the special prosecutor had obtained, and for which reason they were asking the court to restrain the special prosecutor from carrying it out. My little experience at the bar is that you do not get a court to exercise judicial review authority over an administrative body or a lower court when that in respect of a process emanating or an order emanating from that administrative body or that lower court when a copy of that order you are attacking or impugning has not been exhibited and so that is my first concern about the application filed and the subsequent order that came from it the second concern is that the Canadian district court has been made a second respondent. I mean, you never make a court a party to a case. A court can never be a party. If you file for an application for judicial review, which this is not, this is an application for enforcement of fundamental human rights. So a court, because the Kanesi District Court is not an artificial or legal entity. When you file an application for certiorari, you mention the name of the court where the order comes from, but that is certiorari or prerogative orders. But this one is an application for the enforcement of fundamental human rights. 
I don't see how the Kaneshi court, in exercise of its uh, functions, or a judge in exercise of its function, can be dragged to a courtroom for breaching somebody's fundamental human rights. So that is my second curiosity with this. Now that, hello, Evans, yes, are I'm you here. there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, now the third leg of the application, the, the, the order. Again, like I said, the order is very narrow. It is dealing with a purported, and I'm using the word purported because I have not cited the arrest warrant. And it wasn't exhibited to the application. So the order is limited to a purported arrest warrant. As I said on your, on your program two days ago, I believe, my appreciation of the enabling act of the OSP's office is that he does not need an arrest warrant to be able to arrest anybody. He does not. And so if you obtain an order of injunction to restrain the OSP from acting on a purported arrest warrant, you have not secured an injunction to prevent the OSP from working outside this purported arrest warrant. Because if the interim order had read, if it had read, it is hereby ordered that the OSP is restrained from investigating or arresting the said Charles Bissue. Then you are saying that the hands of the OSP have been tied, whether lawfully or lawfully by the court, or sorry, whether rightly or wrongly by the court, it's been tied. But this order, based on the application, it does not tie the OSP's hands at all. In fact, I think, in my, in my humble opinion, that if the OSP sees Mr. Charles Bissue today, they can arrest him because then they'll be arresting him outside the purported warrant which the court has restrained them from executing. In executing its powers, and they have police yes. powers. Yes. So that is my position in respect of this. But then there's, now, a, th th there's another aspect to this order uh, which obviously raises a live question. A live question because uh, if you go to the uh, OSP's website, they still have the wanted notice there. But this order says, also restrains the OSP uh, from publishing notices such as that. To quote, publishing notices purporting the applicant to be wanted. Does that have an implication on this notice, which is still on the website of the OSP? Well, this is a thin line. The OSP's website, that publication made by the OSP, was done before this order was obtained. An interim order is made to restrain you from further doing something. But I believe the publication done by the OSP was done before this order was obtained. So if the OSP puts up another publication, then you would have said the OSP's second publication would have been outside or would have been in breach of this order. That is my humble opinion. However, somebody may interpret it to mean that the continuous uh, presence of that publication or that notice, rather, the continuous uh, uh, presence of that notice on their website can be deemed to be continuous publication. But somebody may ask, publication is done on a certain date. It is not continuous. So if I go to my Enjoy Online, and my Enjoy Online published a story on the 1st of June 2020, and I'm not happy with that story, and I go to court for an order to restrain my job online from further publications. The order is not that my job online should pull down the previous publication. It didn't say they should pull down the previous publication. It said from further publication. 
So if my joint line published something on the 1st of June, and I go to secure an order restraining them from further publication, if there is subsequent publication in respect of that subject matter on the 10th of June, on the 11th of June, then I can say my joint online has restrained, uh, sorry, has, has acted contrary to that order. Yeah, but, but so the there emphasis are two, there, two the emphasis ways of there, looking at it. Yeah, you're, you're right. The emphasis there is, in, in this case, to be the further publication, except yes. that in this order, uh, yeah. that word is not introduced. It is simply restrained from publishing notices purporting the applicant to be wanted. And of course, we'll see how this plays out. Even the lawyers for Charles Bissu interprets it uh, in the second instance, as you cite. Yes, but, but, but even, you know, the law and court orders, unless expressly said so, are not intended to have retrospective effect. The special prosecutor issued a notice today in making the point you made earlier that they do not require warrant. Um, to arrest him. And you've made the point that they can arrest him today if they find him. And it begs the question, why did he go to court in the first place for the first arrest warrant? Well, that is why I said I was hoping I would have cited the arrest warrant, but I have not seen it. And I don't know if the OSV has admitted in any of their uh, 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 publications or public statements that they actually went for that arrest warrant. I, I have not seen it. On the back of this order, though, um, Charles Bissu a couple of days back, spoke to us and says he would turn himself in. And you know the OSP has declared him wanted. On the back of this order, Charles Bissu is within his right not to turn himself in, is he not? Well, I, I, I will leave that to his lawyers to advise him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to his lawyers to advise him. Um, you know, we, we, we in our common law jurisdiction, even though the exercise of a discretion by a court to grant an injunction or not, it's, it's purely at the discretion of the court. The exercise of the jurisdiction to grant an injunction or not, it's purely at the discretion of the court. There are certain rules that govern the exercise of those discretions. And the Supreme Court has made it very clear that injunction cannot be used as a clog against the performance of a statutory duty or a statutory mandate. The reverse is that an injunction cannot be used to, to perpetuate an illegality. Now, even the OSP, as I understand, does not have the authority to even commence prosecution without the Attorney General's permission or fiat or something like that, right? And secondly, if the OSP is investigating you, it doesn't mean that you have been convicted. It, it doesn't mean that you have been convicted. And, and even if, if I may go to this, I read, I read an interesting deposition in the motion filed. If you go to paragraph 7 of the applicant, the, the motion filed for the order. Hello? Yes. Evans, are you paragraph you? 7, yes. yes. Paragraph 7. That per the aforementioned act establishing the first respondent, which is the OSP, the powers of the first respondent are invoked either through a complaint lodged with it or through a referral from a competent authority. I, I'm not sure if this deposition is a reflection of the regulations of the Office of the Special Prosecutor because Regulation 1 is very clear that the OSP may act based on a complaint or based on a, a referral by a public authority, even parliament, or based on its own sources, 
without any complaint. Mm. Without any complaint. Mm. And so if and, and if you make reference to the other depositions, I think the Mr. Bissu's problem with the OSV is that they have requested for a copy of a petition or the complaint filed with the OSV based on which the OSV is investigating them. And that's a subject that the court says uh, they will look into substantively. Um, Bobby Bunsen, thank you very much uh, for your thoughts on this, helping us appreciate what is happening, this standoff between lawyers and uh, Charles Bissou and uh, the Office of the Special Prosecutor. And uh, the Office of the Special Prosecutor uh, makes the notes that this order that was secured today by lawyers for Charles Bissou was done ex parte, which means that uh, they were not in copy or in the know. It's uh, they, they, they went to court and secured it. Uh, OSB does not need a petition. Uh, to investigate any matter and they haven't engaged the OSP yet and they have refused to attend uh, to the office of the special prosecutor which we know has been the subject of this uh, long dispute and the standoff which keeps raging on and let's stay with the issues surrounding uh, illegal mining for a while because in a related development the NDC minority in parliament they have been piling pressure on the uh, special prosecutor to arrest more individuals named in that controversial professor from Pomboating report on Galamse. Uh, Dr. Rashid Purple is a ranking member on the Lands and Forestry Committee in parliament and has been addressing a news conference. We believe that if government wants to demonstrate seriously or seriousness in the fight against Galamse, it must go beyond the arrest of Professor Frimpon Barton. It should go wider by ensuring the arrest of government and jubilee appointees at the heart of government, which, in go, which includes uh, Mr. Gabi Ochredako the president's cousin, the director of operations, Mr. Lord Comey, including Honorable Joseph Albert Kwam, who have all been cited by the committee. It is our opinion that a public inquiry on the committee reports and damage to our forest reserves is necessary, especially with the now wider destruction of our lands and rivers by Galamse operators. Well, Gabi Asarachidako, you know, has sued Professor Frimpon Boating for defamation. We are learning the two gentlemen have met. Professor Frimpon Boating, meanwhile, insists he has not defamed Ms. Ochidako. This is a case for the lawyers in the courts. Okay. Have you spoken to him at all since? Yes. Yes. He called you or you called him? No. It was a meeting with some, some elders. Uh, the two of us were there. Purposely called because of your report? No, no, because of. You see, I don't want to go into this report. It's because it's not my report. I wrote it, but it's for the president. So let's call the president's report that you drafted. No, that I wrote. That, that you wrote. That I presented to him. That you presented to him. I'm not saying that the president wrote it, but I mean, I wrote it and, and presented it. After that, it's no longer my report. Yes. I uttered it. But yes. In this meeting when you met Gabi, what happened? No, let's let's not go into those things. Uh, 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 We are more or less private meeting and we discuss things of mutual interest. So let's. Was it cordial? Pardon me. Was it cordial? Was it was that? Well, it was was cordial. Yes, of course. In in spite of the things you, you said about him in this report. I haven't said anything about it. I, no, you said he called you and he was possibly trying to no, intervene. See, I don't want to go into that report because I wrote it. I've not published it. I don't want to discuss it. 
it is meant for the president. And I'm saying uh, that if someone is saying that this is hearsay and uh, my personal opinion and this data and so on, if we ignore this report and we don't act according to it, you will and take lessons from, 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 from it. There's no way that one can fight. He says you defamed him. You disagree? I said, I don't want to go into it. I'm, I, I'm just asking you separately. He's taking a separate I'm, action. I'm, I'm not he says de- you defamed him. I'm not defaming him. You haven't defamed no. him? No. How is that? Because he says no, what see, he said about him. As I said, let's not go into it. I mean, others will stray into mm. areas which we are not supposed to. So but you, you, you hold the view strongly mm. that you haven't defamed the yes, director of Chicago. Yes, yes. Okay. And he says I've defamed him. That's for the court, up to the court to decide. To decide. Uh, yeah, so... You also said... I appreciate what you're saying, but... Yeah. But? Sorry, you were going to finish. But it's up to the courts to determine. To determine. I want to bring in Dr. Rashid Purple, who is a ranking member on the Lands and Forestry Committee in Parliament. They addressed a news conference asking the OSP to go after many more individuals named in that Professor from Pombwating report. Uh, Thank you very much, Dr. Purple. Yeah, thank you, Ivan. On the, on the matter that you raised at the press conference, the OSP has stated categorically on news file just last week that everyone mentioned in that report, so far as it triggers or is within their mandate, they will be investigated. In fact, he says many more people have already been interrogated and many more will be going forward. Doesn't that address your concern? Not at all. Thank you so much. Um, we are talking about a more serious approach by government. A government finds the need to arrest an informant. Our position is that the people the informant has mentioned must be arrested as well. I mean, we want, we want a definite approach to it. We want to make sure the people who are dealing with this must be dealing with it holistically. It must be a committed attempt to save the situation we are worried about the devastation going on, and no mention, no name mention, say above the law. But you see, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a danger there, right? I mean, I'm not sure you are proposing that once your name is mentioned, then you are arrested. No, but that will not be due, due process. But the first question is that why will the informant be arrested? If there's a need to arrest the person coming to inform you, a house is burning. I'm coming to inform you about a house burning. And then you arrested the person who has come to inform you while the house is continuing to burn. Why don't you also arrest the people he has met at the cause of the fire? We are worried about the lack of justice happening right now. I don't think uh, the arrest of Frimpong Barton was necessary at all. It was very awkward and, and shouldn't have happened at all. But once it has happened, it shows that there is a level of commitment taking shape. And we want to get to make sure that that level of commitment is sustained. The people whose names are mentioned, if their informant is arrested, they should also be arrested. Let proper investigations go on. Let police investigations go on. Let us know that we have not entrusted the hands, uh, entrusted the resources and the people in the hands of people who have assumed power to use the power to destroy the people and to destroy the lands and forestry. And, 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 and the waters that are at their disposal. Very briefly, um, I know you are a member of parliament. You have the powers to invite 
um, even someone, the uh, special prosecutors come and brief you on, on his work and what he's doing. Is it something that you, you intend to exercise if you really want that clarity? Is a very, it's a very high possibility. Uh, as we go along, we would examine what he's doing. If it is within the confines of the mandate, we believe it's entrusted into him. And uh, also within the policy arrangement that we are foreseeing will solve the problem. We don't need to go on to action. He will go on with his work. But if there is a sidestep on the exact thing we think is the situation that would prevail to solve the problems at our disposal now, we will want to talk to him to make sure he's really frightened. Mm. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Rashid Purple, and he is ranking on the Forestry Committee in Parliament. News night in a minute.